Hello and welcome to FX Talk, an eBury podcast all about the foreign exchange market, where we break down some of the main news headlines in financial markets and give our take on what these developments might mean for the world of FX. My name is Matthew Ryan, Head of Market Strategy here at eBury, and I'm joined as always on the podcast by two of my colleagues, our Chief Risk Officer, Enrique Diaz-Alvarez, and Senior Market Analyst, Roman Zuruk. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of FX Talk. And we have a, a very interesting episode today because we've had a number of key economic data releases and we have a handful of, of major central bank announcements to look forward to in the next few days. Uh, since our last episode, probably the main talking point in markets has been this broad strength that we've seen in the US dollar, which has rallied against pretty much every other major currency in the past couple of weeks. Uh, why is that the case? Well, markets continue to dial back their expectations for Federal Reserve interest rate cuts, and now see less than a 50% implied probability of a first Fed cut in March. That's the first time that has happened since the December FOMC meeting. Uh, We've seen some pretty hawkish comments from Federal Reserve officials and some strong US data, notably some very encouraging US retail sales data and a very strong a GDP report for the fourth quarter, which shows that the US economy expanded by a stronger than expected, uh, more than 3% annualised. Among the major currencies, the Japanese yen has continued to lag behind, um, despite some recent hawkish communications from the Bank of Japan. Uh, meanwhile, though, the euro and sterling continue to hold up relatively well, particularly the pound, which actually remains the best performer year to date, Uh, with the exception of the US dollar. That may be somewhat counterintuitive as macroeconomic news out of the UK has deteriorated in recent weeks, most notably the December retail sales report, which was a a big miss to say the least. Sales collapsed by more than 3% uh, in the UK last month. That's the, the biggest downturn we've seen in retail sales since 2021 when the pandemic restrictions were still in place. Uh, This is very much heightened fears surrounding a UK recession, which could be confirmed once the fourth quarter GDP data is released in mid-February. But is a recession in Q4 an inevitability or was one perhaps narrowly avoided? Uh, Roman, what what do you think and what impact do you think could we see on sterling in the event that a UK recession is confirmed? With regards to the information from the UK that we received recently, uh, I think that we have not only uh, had some poor readings, but rather uh, a lot of uh, contradictory ones. So looking at the retail sales, definitely we are seeing some weakness and the indication that consumers are still hesitant to spend. And I think that honestly, you cannot really blame them uh, with the situation that they are in. So we are seeing that the levels of inflation are still elevated. We are seeing that wage growth is coming down. Uh, Also, they'll be hit by the wave of uh, mortgage um, readjustments uh, where where they will feel the effects of higher interest rates. So uh, in this context, it's uh, something uh, to be to be to a certain extent expected but we are at the same time seeing some positives from the uk economy uh, such as the uh, 
some increases that we have seen in the PMI indices uh, that are quite encouraging that although this weakness uh, that we are seeing uh, is in place, that at some point moving forward, uh, the situation will improve. But uh, this will, of course, take time uh, because the households need to adjust to the new situation. And uh, after some time, uh, I think that we'll be able to see a, a bit of a recovery in the economy. But as for the question whether we are currently in the UK in, in the recession, uh, I think that uh, perhaps a stagnation would be a better word to describe the situation. Um, at best, uh, what we what we uh, sorry at at worst, the situation that uh, the UK is in is, is a very mild technical recession after a contraction of zero point one percent in the third quarter. Mm, if we get a similar contraction in the fourth quarter, then it would be the mildest possible technical recession. Uh, and in general, broadly speaking, I think uh, stagnation is a, is a better word to describe it, particularly that the situation in the labor market uh, in the UK uh, still remains relatively favorable, characterized by very low unemployment rate and also uh, historically relatively high uh, wage growth. So yeah, to me, uh, it would be stagnation, but there are some signs that make me hopeful uh, for the future of the UK economy. And in the past, I think that many have been in the wrong by uh, calling a, a premature recession in the UK or generally overstating the weakness of the economy. And uh, I think that uh, right now we might be in a similar position. So yeah, perhaps the economy will move to a better place um, compared to what the what many are thinking. Yes, I think I think that's spot on. Really, I think we are seeing some, undoubtedly seeing some very contrasting data. On the one hand, uh, the soft indicators uh, of activity, most notably the 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 PMI surveys, which give a read on both on services and manufacturing sectors, um, still remain pretty resilient. Um, Whereas on the other hand, more hard indicators of real activity, retail sales, for instance, uh, have certainly disappointed. So it's, it's a little bit difficult to get a clear read uh, on the economy, um, at least after the release of the latest PMI numbers. I was pretty confident that we would see the, the avoidance of the dreaded technical recession. But of course, the December retail sales report was, as, as I mentioned, a massive disappointment. Uh, and that is a, a bit of an understatement. And I think that makes the possibility of um, a technical recession slightly higher. Um, and I think if we, well, as we go into the data, I think is released in the 15th of February, I think there's now a very good chance we could see confirmation of a technical recession, i.e. two consecutive quarters of negative economic growth. But as you quite rightly mentioned, Roman, that would be, at worst, a very, very modest one. Um, I don't think it would be the disaster that I'm sure the media will no doubt make out. Um, and and I think you're out. Yes, spot on. I, I would I would um, I would call this more of a stagnation than a than a, a recession. Certainly, we're not in the midst of a of a a big downturn in activity. Um, and and there are reasons for optimism, as we've mentioned. The PMI numbers are heading in the right direction. Um, and, and I think we could potentially even see the Bank of England revise upwards its growth forecast for this year, which we've said in the past have been overly pessimistic. Um, and as far as the Bank of England is concerned, we'll talk about that 
uh, in a little bit, but I certainly don't think that this data will, will, will change things too much. Uh, as far as the MPC's policy is concerned, they are still paying far more attention to inflation and wages data, both of which remain very elevated. Uh, we're going to move on now and talk a little bit more about uh, the euro and the recent policy announcement from the European Central Bank. Uh, now, the common currency has been pretty resilient so far in 2024 and has actually been one of the better performers in the G10 so far this year. Uh, now, that is despite some pretty weak data out of the common block um, uh, and data on GDP data, which is released uh, at the end of January, is expected to show that the, the Eurozone economy entered into a technical recession in the final quarter of last year. While PMI figures indicate that the bloc also got off to a slow start to the year in January. Uh, but communications from European Central Bank members have remained hawkish for the most part in recent weeks, which has supported the euro. Most notably, some remarks made by President Lagarde uh, at the Davos Forum, in which she said she didn't expect a rate cut uh, until the summer, which is quite a bit later than currently priced in by markets. Uh, the tone of the ECB's January meeting was slightly more dovish, uh, with the bank expressing greater confidence on inflation, albeit Lagarde did uh, stand by her stance on interest rates uh, and said um, that there was a consensus among the committee that talk of interest rate cuts was premature. Uh, Roman, what did you make of uh, of these comments and the ECB's announcement in general? And also, what are your thoughts on this sort of broad outperformance that we've seen in the euro so far this year? I read this conference as, as quite dovish. Uh, in, in general, I think, you know, as a central bank, as it is moving from point A, so keeping rates high to point B, uh, lower rates, it needs to uh, it, it needs to be a process uh, in which they adjust the rhetoric so the everybody is not surprised by by the sudden change in, in rates and I think that they have been doing it uh, even uh, before the meeting but when it comes to uh, this January press conference uh, it, it stood out to me um, that uh, she didn't really President Lagarde didn't really push back uh, against market expectations. And I think that this is a, a big signal that the ECB is uh, not ruling out uh, anything or and by anything, I mean a possible adjustment to rates in April. Uh, and they are just waiting for more data uh, to be sure about the situation and to be confident that what they are doing, they are doing um, right. Because uh, the central bank has been uh, called out many times for being uh, late in adjusting policy. Uh, and I think that they would be quite vigilant uh, in uh, not being uh, e either uh, too aggressive or, or too conservative when approaching monetary policy. Uh, and that's why they are putting uh, this heavy emphasis on uh, just being data dependent. Uh, also, another argument in favor of uh, what I said, that they're just not sure at this point and they're waiting for more data, is that during the press, press conference, President Lagarde mentioned uh, that we shouldn't read too much into small changes in, in communications and uh, that we have seen from the European Central Bank. And uh, she also stressed the importance of the labor market data that uh, we'll be receiving uh, in the in the coming uh, months. 
but generally, uh, I think that the ECB is clearly moving towards cutting rates. And uh, I think that uh, the, this, this recent press conference confirmed my view that uh, we might get a, a cut in, in April and this would not be unreasonable. But of course, we need to watch the upcoming data, particularly on the labor market and also on inflation. Ahead of uh, April meeting, we'll have two uh, inflation readings. And I think those will be uh, for the uh, further prospects of uh, monetary policy in, in, in the Eurozone. And uh, in this context, I think also Euro would be uh, quite, might, might be quite reactive to the data. So we, we could see some uh, more volatility around these publications. And when it comes to the common currency uh, in general, uh, the euro dollar, I think that probably mm, considering that I believe that market expectations uh, regarding the ECB are more or less spot on, uh, but market expectations regarding the Fed are uh, excessively aggressive. Uh, I would think that in the near term, perhaps there is some room uh, for the dollar to, to strengthen. And this would mean a decline in the euro dollar. And this would be my, my uh, assessment of the situation uh, for the next uh, few months. But of course, everything depends on, on economic data. Well, look, I think, you're, I think you're right. I think it was, uh, if we look at the communications for, for this month's meeting relative to the December ones, I think there was certainly a, 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 an element of dovishness in the remarks, particularly the the increased confidence that the bank has on inflation and reaching that inflation target. I think that was that was pretty evident in both the statement and also Lagarde's press conference. Um, but as you mentioned, it, it appears that the bank is keeping its options open. Um, data dependence still very much remains the the, the mantra of the governing council. Um, and I think the bank has a, uh, all, all the major central banks really have a difficult balancing act in the in the next few months, whereby uh, they want to signal that interest rate cuts are coming this year, um, albeit maybe not just yet. Um, and we we do have a bit of a sort of contrast in in the eurozone, whereby not only is inflation coming down relatively nicely, but uh, the economy is is very very weak. Um, now that does potentially suggest that we could see the ECB cut rates sooner than its peers. But uh, as, as Lagarde has, has, has hinted and as other ECB members have said as well, uh, there doesn't appear to be a huge confidence um, on, on inflation just yet. And they, they want to see more data, not just on inflation, but also I would say the labour market, most notably wages, before they have confidence enough to start cutting rates. Um, uh, as for the timing of this first cut, I think, as you said, April looks looks certainly possible. Um, but again, I, I think I would need to see more evidence on wages, um, more evidence for downtrend and inflation before necessarily having a clear conviction in the view that they'll start cutting rates in April. <laughs> Great. Let's, let's finish off now by uh, looking ahead to a couple of major central bank meetings that are set to take place in the next few days, starting with the Federal Reserve's latest policy announcement on Wednesday, the 31st of January. Uh, and then the following day, the Bank of England will also be announcing its latest policy decision on, on Thursday, the 1st of February. 
Uh, no change in rates is expected from either central bank, but uh, markets will be looking for clues, uh, of course, uh, that suggest whether interest rate cuts can be expected anytime soon, or perhaps might remain some way off. Uh, so let's get straight into it. Uh, um, Raymond, what were your general thoughts ahead of these meetings? Do you expect any any big developments or, or more of the same? I think late in the year, uh, the Fed suggested uh, to markets that they are going to move towards cutting rates and markets were super encouraged to start pricing in uh, March and, and betting on March as the most realistic possibility of, of the beginning of this uh, cutting cycle. Uh, but later, what we saw in the communication was, uh, I think, a bit of a backtracking on this. Perhaps markets didn't uh, fully understand the communication from the decision makers. So I think they will be a bit more cautious uh, in communicating with markets and uh, perhaps more uh, perhaps not as dovish uh, as they were. Uh, I would I would think that an element of hawkishness, uh, a suggestion that perhaps uh, those expectations that we have seen uh, are excessive, uh, the, the best for cuts. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw something like that. Maybe not super forceful because we are still moving in the direction of rate cuts in the US, but something that uh, signals to markets that March may not be the, the most realistic uh, moment for, for cutting rates, especially in the context of recent economic data that we have um, received, uh, which points to uh, rather strong consumer demand in the US uh, and uh, also tight labor markets. So we have seen a upward surprises in retail sales in recent readings. And we have seen a big upward surprise in GDP growth in the third quarter. Uh, and yeah, the consumer demand in the US seems to be uh, rather strong. And on the labor market, uh, recent initial jobless claims, <laughs> they have also uh, been very low, hovering around 200,000. Uh, even uh, one week we had uh, 189,000, uh, which is very, very low. And this uh, suggests that uh, the easing in the labor market that uh, everyone pretty much expects to happen uh, is not really happening to a very meaning meaningful extent. So we are seeing some signs uh, that perhaps some easing is going on, but then we have new data, which basically puts all of this into question. Uh, so being the the member of the Federal Reserve or, or Chairman Powell, uh, I would be quite uh, concerned with the strength of the data uh, at the onset of the uh, rate cut process. And I would try uh, perhaps to push back against market expectations uh, a little bit. Well, yes. I mean, there's no doubt the data out of the US has been very, very strong indeed. Um, we had the latest GDP report out this week, which was once again another surprise to the upside, more than 3% annualised, which was above the 2% expected. And as you quite rightly mentioned, uh, labour data continues to perform very well. Um, the initial jobless claims, as you said, well, below the 200,000 level, which uh, at this stage, deep into the the, the hiking process, um, is is very impressive indeed, um, and, I, and I don't think it would warrant the Fed to to start signalling aggressive cuts just yet. I, I agree. I think that the Fed will will push back against market pricing to some extent, um, which certainly following the December meeting had become far too aggressive, in my opinion. We, we've obviously seen a bit of a uh, a, a pullback in those market expectations in the past few weeks. Uh, at the moment, um, 
futures are seeing around about 50-50 chance of a rate cut in March. But I think I think the Fed's communications will remain hawkish. I think they'll push back against market pricing to some extent. And that could potentially take a March cut more or less off the table, which would be dollar positive. Um, as far as the Bank of England's concerned, um, I, I expect more of the same, really. And I, I think the, the, the Bank of England's in a similar boat in that it needs to signal at some stage that, that cuts are coming, but it won't want to to signal that they're coming just yet. I think there still remains a way a way to go for the for the Bank of England. Um, the vote will probably, I would suggest, remain six three in favour of no change. I, I don't expect a, a dovish dissent um, just yet. I think the data, particularly on inflation and wages, does not warrant. Uh, any votes in favour of an immediate cut? Um, the the one change we could potentially get is that the the, the MPC could remove the line that additional tightening uh, is required. And now that would be a signal, clearly a uh, clearly be a signal that the next moving rates would be lower. Albeit, if they were to do that, I think that the the statement and Bailey's press conference would very much stress the the notion that rates need to stay higher for longer. Uh, that would probably uh, dispel uh, any lingering bets that we see cuts anytime soon. I'm, I'm still not expecting the first cut until at least June, um, and that could could present some some upside for Sterling. Um, I think following the meeting. And that's it from us. If you're keen to hear more about our thoughts on the FX market, visit Ebreed's website or follow us on social media. And don't forget to rate and review the podcast on your favourite podcast app. And let us know if there are any topics you'd like to hear more on during upcoming episodes. Keep an eye out for our next episode in a fortnight's time. Thank you all very much for listening. <laughs>